Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Ramadan Mubarak to everybody. We start this with uh, some verses of the Quran. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Man thalladhi yuqridullaha qardan hasanan fayudha'ifahu lahu ad'afan kathira. Wallahu yaqbidu wa yabasutu. so we started with these verses and these are uh, just two verses from a range of verses. There's some surahs which some of you could probably say one of the most prominent themes in there is the sadaqah theme. These verses are about sadaqah and the reason for the relevance of this today because Ramadan is the time of great generosity. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala seems to be at his most generous during the month of Ramadan. This is the most generous time, it seems. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has opened the doors of paradise, closed up the doors of hellfire, and raised every fard prayer 70 times, and every nafal prayer to a fard, and then the abundance that you feel in the world at this time. Probably the most spending that takes place for the Muslim community is probably in Ramadan. There, are, there is probably thousands, millions, that are basically being given to the poor, being fed, uh, to the hungry and people are donating and that's what's going on right now that's the Muslim community that's who we are and I'm here to tell you I'm assuming that uh, everybody enjoys a side business a lot of people need to have a side business uh, in which they hope to make a bit of extra income it's kind of everybody's thing so what should you do as a side business I think how about Uber right Uber, a lot of people, that's kind of an easy one. You just sign up and uh, you make sure your car's kind of decent. And they probably check it out. And then after that, you get a bit of a license. And maybe you have to have, I'm not sure if you have to have a, what kind of a license. But a lot of people like to do Uber. But believe me, I'm telling you, I've never done Uber in my life. Right? There's another side business which is so much easier. But it's one that kind of defies belief. And it's not within, you can say, the normal scientific realm of things it's more the spiritual side of things but it's tried and tested right? it's tried and tested and until you don't do it you won't be able to find out this is the difficulty here there are numerous stories about this numerous anecdotes numerous experiences and there's no doubt about this at all because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promises this in the Quran and that side business is sadaqah if you want more if you really want to benefit it doesn't matter how poor or wealthy you are this will make a difference to you because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promises it. The first verse that I quoted, which is from Surah Al-Baqarah, verse 245, Allah says that, who is, there, who is it that's willing to give Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala a goodly loan? So the sadaqah that we give is actually seen as a loan by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That you're lending that money. And when you lend a decent person, uh, a dignified individual money, you expect to get it back. In fact, that's probably who you want to lend your money to so that you can actually get it back. And they give it back well. 
Uh, in sadaqah, we're told that when you uh, give back sadaqah, make sure you do husnul ada, which basically means that you give back in a good way. So for example, if somebody, if I owe somebody a loan and it's come due now, I should not then say, you know what, come next week, uh, come in the middle of the night, come in some awkward time, or go and get it from that guy, or go and get it from him, and just make it difficult. Because this is a natural thing in human beings to then dilly-dally and delay, and which in Arabic is called matl. Matlul ghaniyi dhulmun. That's what the statement is, in, it's a hadith, that the delaying of a person who has, meaning who's considered wealthy enough to repay the loan, if he delays for no reason, then that's an oppression. That's considered an oppression. So when you expect to give, when you give something to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you expect a return and you expect a very, very good return. And Allah actually tells you that what He's going to give you back. So He says, when I give you the return, it's going to be for يُضَعِفَهُ لَهُ أَضْعَافًا كَثِيرًا I'm going to multiply it multiple times. Many times it's going to be multiplied. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the next verse, verse 261 of Surah Al-Baqarah, Allah says that those who spend their wealth in the path of Allah is kamathari habba. It's like a seed that you are planting. Even a pound, like let's just say simply a pound, and then you can multiply that by the pounds that you may want to give. If you give seven spikes or whichever uh, organization you're giving that to, it's like a seed. That seed has its DNA and everything to grow into whatever it's been designed for. And in this case, it's been designed, Right? It will grow seven ears of corn. Seven ears. And that's not it now. Each of, I don't know if you've ever, I mean, you've seen a corn on a cob. And you may have seen the way it grows on its, in its plant. So when you uncover it and you take out the corn on its cob, he says every one of them has mi'atu habba, has now a hundred seeds. So that's 700 there from one seed, from your one pound or for however much you want to give, and you can multiply that. That's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is promising. Thereafter that in Surah Al-Munafiqoon, Allah says, that if, this is a really interesting verse, Allah says, وَأَنْفِقُوا مِمَّا رَزَقَنَاكُمْ مِنْ قَبْلِ أَنْ يَأْتِيَ أَحَدَكُمُ الْمَوْتُ فَيَقُولُ فَيَقُولَ رَبِّ لَوْلَا أَخَّرْتَنِي إِلَىٰ أَجَلٍ قَرِيبٍ فَأَصَّدَّقَ وَأَكُمْ مِنَ الصَّالِحِينَ Really interesting, when you look at this, what is the one thing that dead people would like to have come back to the world for so that they can do more of, so they can reap the benefits of it in the hereafter? This is in hindsight, by the way, in retrospect. This is not while they're in the world. After they've departed this world, they've gone, finished, their time in this world is up, they go to the hereafter, and subhanAllah, Allah is saying, spend of that which we have provided you, before, that, before death comes to one of you, and then he says, you could give me some time. So at death, they're saying, give me some more time, give me some respite, so that I could give sadaqah, and I can be of the righteous ones. Out of everything else, like I can go and pray more, I can fast more, I can go more hajj, I want to do more sadaqah. They notice at that time, they figure it out at this time what the benefit is of how potential this is. So we have, we're explaining this from the perspective of worldly gain that you are giving a loan to Allah, you get it back multiple returns. But also from the hereafter, that there's a huge benefit there in the hereafter. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Hadid verse 18 says, 
يضاعف لهم ولهم أجر كريم. It'll be multiplied for them and they get a huge reward, a noble reward for it. In fact, if you look at Surah Al-Hadid, much of it is about spending in the path of Allah. وَمَا لَكُمْ لَا تُنْفِقُونَ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ What's wrong with you? Why is it that you can't spend in the path of Allah? Allah literally chides people. Like, why don't you spend in the path of Allah? And there's a number of other verses in our short time we don't have. What I want to mention is, based on this, there's a hadith which says, مَا نَقَصَ مَالٌ مِّن صَدَقَةٌ Tabarani has related it. Wealth can never decrease by giving in sadaqah. That's such an unscientific, so-called unscientific thing to say that I'm literally decreasing my wealth by giving this money. I'm not seeing any return for it straight away, maybe, right? And you're saying that wealth does not decrease by sadaqah? How does that make sense? But you see, we are people, الَّذِينَ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِالْغَيْبِ We are people who believe in the unseen. We believe in this kind of a system of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there's numerous examples of this. I'll just give you one example. A friend of mine, he's a doctor in America. And in America, doctors make a decent amount of money. And this guy, mashallah, he spends a lot of money in the path of Allah. That Ramadan, he paid for a sponsorship at White Thread Institute, the institute we run, for, uh, to sponsor a mufti student. This was two Ramadans ago, if I remember correctly. He did this either on one of the odd nights, or maybe it was the 27th night. He had also, and I didn't know this, he had also spent in some local, uh, local charities there in America, in Chicago. Right? And he then sends me a message, an email, I've still got that uh, WhatsApp message. A few days later, maybe two days later, he sends me a message. And he said, Sheikh, I just want to share something with you. I literally depleted my balance by giving away so much money in charity in Ramadan. I depleted my balance. Right? This wasn't, I just gave 10% or 5% begrudgingly. I depleted, I, I didn't have much money left. And I got worried. Because, you know, you need a bit of balance. And he says, I got worried. I said, tawakkalna ala Allah, I did this for Allah. He said, literally, either that same day or the next day, I can't remember now, I'd have to consult. He said, I got a call. He's a doctor. He said, I got a call from a, uh, from a particular company that wanted me for consultation. I got a consultation, a side business, side business. This is not his main job. He's got his main occupation. So it's a side business, that, a consultation, and they were going to give me much more than what I had given. Pretty immediate. Pretty immediate. There's numerous stories to this. Now, what is it that would stop us from spending? I think it's a number of things. Number one, we're just naturally miserly, and that's absolutely possible. And I was like that, I think. I'm still like that, right? Natural miserliness. You just don't feel like you can give because you don't see the benefit. You're not getting anything in return. We're selfish. We don't understand what... You know when you're selfish, when you want every, a return for everything, you find it very difficult to spend because what are you getting in return? You don't see it straight away. But you do see it once you start giving it. But you have to give it first. It's a weird one. where you have to spend first, then you'll see the blessing. Then you'll want to give more. more. Then it's easy to give. Another reason is that you know, it's a natural stinginess that runs in the family. There's a, there's a guy, he says, in the olden times, he says that he was in the desert. And he was really hungry. There's nothing there. No hotels. And finally, he comes up upon a tent of some Bedouin. And it's just the woman who was there. Right? So he said, do you have anything? He said, this is, she said, this is not a hotel. Right? We're not here to pass by. We're just about surviving, etc., etc. And uh, she didn't give him anything. So he sat down. He just had no strength to carry on. 
Some hours later, the husband comes back from work, he's foraging wherever he was, and he saw him, he says, what are you doing? He said, well, you know, I don't have anyone. He went into his, he went and slaughtered a goat for this guy. And he said to his wife, why didn't you do that? He said, we're not here, this is not a hotel and everything. And then he fed him. Some days later, again, he's in a similar situation, and there is another tent. And uh, the woman saw him, the wife saw him, and she said, oh, you're a, you're a traveler, let me feed you. And without saying anything, she fed him. Some hours later, the husband comes home, and he got very angry. He said, whose meat is this? Where did you get this meat from? And he told his wife off, why are you feeding him? He's a guest. So now this man says, that, you know what, a few days ago, I had a similar experience where it was the total opposite, uh, such and such a place. He said, yes, the woman from the first case is the sister of the guy in this case, and he's married to the sister on the other side, right? So it runs in the family sometimes. And the only way to get out of it is to give. And then you will see that you will get back. And it's not just for us in this world to get back. That's not, I'm just, that's a selfish idea. But alhamdulillah, we can have that. It's the best side business. You want to survive, that's what you do and you need to start giving. And Ramadan is the best time to give because the rewards are even further multiplied. Allah is so generous. Can you, can you imagine the amount of people that are being fed during this month and being given and we're not taking part in this? And we're not talking about just zakat here. That's your obligation which you need to give anyway. That's the dirt of the wealth. A zakat is the wasikhu amwalin nas. The dirt of the wealth of people. We just need to separate that 2.5% anyway. That's a, that's a major issue if you don't do that. But we need to give beyond that. Right? I can't believe that if somebody has a thousand pounds of zakat to give, which means that they owe, that they, their assets are how much? How much zakat? That's 40,000 pounds. That's their assets. Can you not give another 2,000 pounds? And then get it back by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make this easy for us, to show us the benefits, remove our stinginess and our miserliness, and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept it from us. Uh, and, and thus we get the benefits of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promises in the Quran. Uh, the point of a lecture is to encourage people to act, to get further, an inspiration, an encouragement, persuasion. The next step is to actually start learning seriously to read books, to take on a subject of Islam and to understand all the subjects of Islam, at least at their basic level, so that we can become more aware of what our deen wants from us. Uh, and that's why we started uh, Rayyan courses, so that uh, you can actually take organized lectures uh, on demand whenever you have free time, especially, for example, the Islamic Essentials uh, course that we have on there, the Islamic Essentials Certificate, which you take 20 short modules and at the end of that, inshallah, you will have gotten the, the basics of uh, most of the most important topics in Islam and you'll feel a lot more confident. You don't have to leave lectures behind. You can continue to, leave, uh, you know, to listen to lectures, but you need to have this more sustained study as well. Jazakallah khair and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.